DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Is Jesus Calling You? A Spiritual Guide for Discerning Your Vocational Call with Father Paul Hazing. Father Hazing is a priest of the Archdiocese of Omaha. He has served as a Director of Catholic Campus Ministry, a Director of the Office of Vocations, and has been a trusted spiritual director for the Institute for Priestly Formation. Father Hazing currently serves as the Dean of Seminarians and Director of Human Formation for Kenrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Is Jesus Calling You? A Spiritual Guide to Discerning Your Vocational Call with Father Paul Hazing. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. And what we found over the previous sessions of Father Hazing is that this really is a guide not only for awakening of vocation for the priesthood, but also a, a real discovery for all the people of God who are trying to discern His will more fully in our lives. That's right. It was written in such a way that a person could substitute or introduce their own scenario, their own situation, their life, and see how these steps, these lessons that are unfolded in this book, ten lessons in all, we've done three lessons, lessons which are based primarily on the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, not especially reprinting the exercises or the rules of discernment, but applying them in a very uh, good, lived way and giving examples of young men in the situation of discerning the priesthood, but also one could uh, realize that the priesthood, just as it requires a great deal of discernment, so does other aspects of our lives. And so it's going to start, as we heard in the previous sessions, with an encounter with Him, with Jesus Christ, and from that encounter, desiring what He desires, and then trusting Him. And really that, that first and third lesson really are the bedrock for the next lessons that follow. And what we're doing all along here is becoming aware. One of the great definitions, or at least uh, it was a, I think it was Walter Casper, Cardinal Casper, who said, if you feel like you're missing out on a great deal of life and not really paying attention, you have the impulse to pray. Because prayer will bring about a greater attentiveness, a great attention to what is important. This is what one of the fruits of prayer. And that attentiveness, that awareness that we nurture in prayer, that awareness of our interior life where there's so much going on, so much stirring in the human heart, thoughts, feelings, and desires we become aware of. And then in the presence of God, understand those. So first we become aware, then we become to uh, come to an understanding. And those thoughts, feelings, and desires uh, we're going to discuss more fully here in these lessons. Understand them and how the dynamic of that encounter, that friendship with Christ, uh, really is led by those thoughts, feelings, and desires, or can lead us away from Him. And so to take action then. The final step, these are three simple steps in discernment, becoming aware, understanding, and then taking some action. What's the first action, this next lesson? Well, it's really a non-action. It's a patience. And so the fourth lesson is to realize discernment takes time. Mm -hmm. Like any good friendship, discernment takes time. 
And that really is at the heart of what conversion is, isn't it, Father? I mean, sometimes we think of conversion as an action that happened once at a moment in time, and from that, everything has changed. But conversion actually is a process that requires an eternity of time, really, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? We can look at the Gospels for the examples, and the image that was used in many cases is uh, is a ship that you have to turn. It doesn't turn on a dime, these large tanker ships and we got lots going on in this huge ocean of life and it just takes a while to turn conversion and you see this with the apostles they did pick up their nets and follow him instantaneously but they spent three years with him but even after three years they end up heckling him at the last supper we haven't seen the father we don't know where you're going and these are the comments of the apostles and then peter himself denying him their progress in their own conversions after three years, evidently needed more time. It needed the Holy Spirit, especially. But they were with Jesus for three years, and they were converting in that entire time, learning that he had to suffer, learning what his miracles were about, learning about the leaven of the Pharisees. And so that whole uh, history in the Gospels is a history of conversion there for those 12 apostles. So to take time is, is a principle that's embedded in Scripture, and should be at the forefront of our, our minds when we, when we say, I'm, I'm, I'm converting. Some people say, I converted to the Catholic faith. Well, we're all converting, mm-hmm. in a sense. We're all converts, continually converting to him in this friendship. Paul is very eloquent on this in his letter to the Ephesians. And Paul, here's the man of conversion. He embodies this mystagogia for his entire life. But he spent uh, three to ten years in the desert after his conversion three to ten years learning and absorbing and entering into the faith that he found on the way to Damascus, the faith in Jesus Christ. After encountering Christ, St. Paul, St. Benedict, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Ignatius of Loyola, they all spent many years living in this friendship before it really became clear what God wanted of them. Mm -hmm. And so it should be for us. That standout example of St. Francis of Assisi as the statement by Christ to rebuild his church, he immediately finds that calling and the need to actually build or mm-hmm. rebuild the church of San Damiano, mm-hmm. when in fact the mystery of that mm-hmm. revealed to him over the course of time, that mm-hmm. it was more than just the actual physical building of a church. Right, but he trusted enough to take that step of putting stone upon stone in his portiuncula and... Uh, And he started to take those steps of being open to what does God want here? And eventually those steps led to the the Pope himself, Innocent, the Innocent III, and finding there uh, that rebuilding the church was this community of radical fellows who were ready to follow Christ anywhere. But it started with simple first steps. And so in seeing how things take time, we see how things are incremental. Uh, we do not, we're not called to discern uh, from A to Z, but from A to B. And sometimes young men in concerning the priesthood, when they consider the priesthood, they, they ask themselves, am I supposed to be a priest, yes or no? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the young man is maybe 18, 19, or 20. One can't even be ordained canonically. <laughs> The canon law requires at least 25 years of age before one is ordained. So yes or no is not answered when you're 21 
or 18, yes or no is answered as you go into the seminary and consider with the light of Christ, step by step. And God will give us enough light to take the next step, just as he gave Francis enough light to take the next step courageously, yet persistently, and always in prayer, always in friendship with Jesus. And so when we look at it as increments, we don't see it as this massive problem to figure out, to go from A to Z, and then let all this tension and all of this um, confusion and uncertainty settle in, because A to Z is a long ways. How will I preach? What will it look like? What will my parish be like? What will my pastor be like? Will I be happy living as a celibate? These are all A to Z considerations. Mm -hmm. And for a young man who's considering the priesthood, and it's not going away, but there's a lot of peace around his thought of the priesthood, the next step is seminary. And seminary is where we at least are given all the tools we need to come to that certainty, to come to Z, and all the letters in between. Mm-hmm. The increments in between are in the seminary. They're not going to be found outside of it. It's just not possible. The seminary is where the intense courtship unfolds. I always find it funny in a sort when I hear parents who encourage their high school students to begin to pick a college and Mm. to have already at that age of 18, potentially, what will your degree be? What field do you want to go into? That somehow that there's an expectation on that career uh, being made, even entering into that freshman year, that this is where you're going. Yet when a young man may come forward to parents saying, I'm considering the priesthood, there's this block that comes up where that exploration is going to take you someplace where a door is going to shut behind you once you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. I mean, there isn't that freedom to be able to enter into the exploration Mm -hmm. of that particular call or that desire to give your life to a certain area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's an unrealistic notion Uh, that many put forward and put upon our young people when they say, well, when you decide on your major, then you've decided on a a track for life. And and this just isn't the way colleges are set up. And and furthermore, once one decides on a major or discipline of study, uh, there's not human formation that goes along with that. There's a lot of intellectual formation in the academic life of university life, but this is the advantage of the seminary for a young man and why it should be so attractive for parents Mm -hmm. because parents know that their 18 year old son isn't quite grown up yet even though they've done their best and they've given him many good things none of our 18 year olds are quite grown up Mm -hmm. many go to the military to grow up and i dare say that many colleges will not allow them to grow up very well many colleges just aren't equipped to provide that human formation, that kind of intensive spiritual life and community life that lends itself to integrity. And there's a fair amount of difficulty on college campuses, and I don't think I need to go into what kind of difficulties there are. Right. (laughs) I think most parents are aware of that, and that's why there's a desire to say, decide now and then we'll know where you are. Right, (laughs) And we'll be able to keep track of you and that pressure, that unrealistic desire for the young person to, to have grown up and made a decision it's really, it's pressure. It's frightening for the young person. 
Whereas the seminary says, come here, you'll study. You'll get the intellectual discipline down. But then you'll also learn human formation. You'll learn those steps that will allow you to be a good man. And this is what a lot of young men suddenly realize when they're considering the seminary. Oh, a door is not closing behind me. In fact, a door will open to me. And that's the door of real manhood, which will allow me to be perhaps a spiritual father as a priest, or perhaps a great husband and father. Mm -hmm. The seminary could form me with human formation that will allow me to be a great husband and father. Father, And so I won't, I won't miss out. I'm not missing out. It's a win every time a young man says, I'm so interested in the priesthood that going to the seminary won't be a waste of time as so many might perceive or a, a sidetrack or a, a misstep or, a, or something that will, will lead us astray and, and not allow us to, to fully flourish. But really, this is why seminaries are, are, so, are really growing because the, that aspect of human formation, which was so stressed by John Paul II in his post-apostolic exhortation, Pastoris Dabavobis, when that came out, it was the uh, groundbreaking and really the most important influential piece of his papacy for the, the future of the priesthood. And in it, he emphasized that human formation because the human personality of the priest is the bridge to Christ. If the personality of the priest gets in the way of allowing others to see Christ, then the formation has been entirely unsuccessful. In the past, the church would emphasize intellectual formation, spiritual formation, pastoral formation. But human formation became the centerpiece for all those others. It brings them all together. And so for a man considering the priesthood, the seminary, allows him to take those steps, those incremental steps that gives him the human capacity, the human disposition, the readiness to receive the fullness of God's will, which comes ultimately in the confirmation of God's will by the church in ordination. Isn't it true, Father Hazing, that the church is stronger as a body when its members have entered into this time of discernment when it comes to our vocational calls, that the church, no matter where that ends up leading the individual, becomes stronger as a body because its members have entered into that discernment and is now able to go out and properly serve in a way that God has desired them to be. Mm-hmm. Because the service is coming out of God's will. Exactly. It's not a willfulness on the part of the person. And anyone who's discerning is going to be engaged in those three steps of awareness and understanding and action, but also they're going to be engaged in increasing that life of virtue, increasing their sacramental life, and increasing their prayer life. And those three increases in every heart, in every person, will certainly strengthen the body of Christ, the church. And so discernment, having a discerning people, in the seminary, in novitiates, in postulancies, everywhere, in, in married life. If everyone is discerning, then you have a very strong body of people who are not doing or seeking their own will, but God's will. And it becomes evident to the world. They're not doing their work. They're not doing their own will, but they're seeking God's will. And that's a fruitfulness that's very explosive. 
when a whole parish can be formed in that. Mm-hmm. Then it truly becomes a school of prayer. Mm-hmm. Which is what the parish has been described as by John Paul II, a great school of prayer. When we've had this time, the goal then would be to be receptive to the peace that Jesus has to offer us. Mm-hmm. My peace I give. Mm-hmm. Are we are we there? Are we ready? Are we are we vessels capable of receiving that peace? If we look at the gospel and we see when Jesus said that to his disciples, he enters into the locked room and he says it three times, peace be with you. Mm-hmm. Evidently, they weren't ready for the first time. Right. They needed to hear it again, peace be with you. And a third time, peace be with you. Be speaking of fullness of peace that he's offering and it takes time for us to receive that. Yes. The gospel is very clear about that. And so when we consider his peace, they, in stark contrast, were not peaceful at all. They were afraid. They were in a, a locked room by themselves. Uh, they were in a very different place, uh, so to speak, than our Lord was, even though he was right there with them. And so discernment becomes uh, an awareness that he's right here with us, and he's offering me peace. He's offering me an enjoyable friendship which conquers all this fearfulness in me. An example is given in this lesson here, the fifth lesson. Your peace is found in Jesus. A young man who is in high school, dating for two years, goes to Sunday Mass regularly. He's there and often once a week besides the Sunday Mass. And he's very content at the Mass, very much at peace at the Mass. In fact, he confesses to his pastor, not a confession, but just says, my best days are those when I go to Mass in the morning. And so this increasing desire to be at Mass because of this peacefulness he experiences in the liturgy of the Eucharist. And so really liking the Mass, feeling great after the Mass, he's becoming more aware, and he can't quite name it yet, that God, Jesus Christ, is allowing him to encounter a fullness of peace. And so this young man's desire for Christ and desire for that peace being found in Jesus brings him to the point where after a year of college, he says, I need to enter the seminary. And this is a, this is a progression of anchoring ourselves in him who is our peace. So that encounter leads to that desiring what he desires, trusting in him. This all takes time and will become anchored in peace. This fifth lesson. Peace becomes the telltale sign that Christ is with us in the room of our heart. Wherever it's dark, wherever it's a little scary, he wants to enter into that locked door and say, peace be with you. So this young man's paying attention. Being able to identify this process really requires, for those who are just beginning to experience this conversion, a person that they can turn to to offer direction, Mm -hmm. to guide them in this. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, important in this particular aspect of the spiritual life, especially given where they're being led, that a spiritual director 
uh, someone as a vocation director or maybe a pastor or someone walk with them to help them to be able to give voice, vocabulary, to articulate Mm -hmm. for them, is it not? It's essential. And it really flows out of the spiritual fatherhood of the pastor. In nearly every one of these examples given throughout this this guide, in every exa- in every lesson, the young man approaches his pastor, or a priest friend of the family, or the vocation director himself. And in every episode, this young man allows the priest father to speak to his heart, and allow him to make some distinctions allow him to express what's in his heart, and then, as you say, give the vocabulary, which will really make his prayer flourish. Because when we have um, the petition in hand, what do I need to be asking for? I should be asking for, am I called to be a priest, yes or no? I should be asking for, Lord, give me the strength to take the next step. And so giving the right petition to the young man, because a lot of our spiritual life and spiritual growth growth revolves around asking the right questions, those questions which come from the stirring of our heart. Asking and receiving. This is very clear. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and will be open to you. And so this, this counsel offered by the spiritual father will allow us to go to God our Father and ask. Ask for what He wants to give. He's so ready to give it. But the key of asking requires that petition. And so the spiritual father can plant this petition in a young man's heart. It's a really important step to have that spiritual fatherhood. This is also so very true for women who are feeling a call to serve the church, to offer themselves as whether it's the Bride of Christ or as someone who is united in a consecrated life and that, that hiddenness to be leavened to the world. It, mm-hmm. it, it's very important for them to potentially ask, once again, for some guidance. Mm-hmm. The guidance of a holy person is stipulated very clearly in Ignatius's exercises. To speak to a spiritual person is, is, is required if one is to be discerning well. And so men or women, uh, anyone discerning, would need to look for a spiritual direction. There's four reasons to seek spiritual direction, four basic reasons. A person is uh, experiencing some tragedy or darkness in their life, and they would need to speak to a director for a period of time. A person is trying to grow in virtue. They're really uh, working through some difficult uh, parts of their life, and they're trying to grow in a particular virtue needing some discernment. Another person may be actively involved in ministry and working for the church, and this requires some spiritual support, some direction. And finally, someone who's discerning. Those are the four reasons to seek direction. And the direction is often given over the course of uh, 30 days, every 30 days to be coming in for at least an hour to speak with a spiritual director. So when I recommend to a young man to speak, seek a spiritual director, I'm, I'm asking him to go in at least, at least every 30 days for an hour, if need be, every two weeks in the beginning, just to get some basics down, just to get some understanding, just to establish the rapport of the relationship, um, 
the relationship isn't strictly dictated by that rapport, by the way. It's really, um, it's a matter of how well the relationship allows the priest to perceive what's happening, Mm -hmm. what's happening between the young man and God or the young woman and God, because that's what direction's about, discerning what's happening in that relationship, discerning what's happening in the encounter. And to close this particular segment, especially on the close of Lesson 5, there is that reflection, that those questions that mm-hmm. one should be asking themselves. Mm-hmm. First off, we might ask, what is the next step God is asking of you? And are you afraid to take it? If you're afraid to take the next step, we would ask Him, ask God, our Father, to enter into the situation or the reality that causes us fear. We might ask ourselves, are we focusing too far down the road? Are we trying to get from A to Z? And then to anchor where our experience of peace is. Where do we experience peace, stillness, clarity, or gratitude in God? Wherever that is happening in our life, we'll need to do two things. Realize that this is the presence of Christ, who says, peace be with you. And then second, to desire that presence throughout our entire day above all things. To relish his presence, to enjoy his presence, to long for his presence, to keep coming back to his presence, to adore his presence and express gratitude for that presence. This will anchor us in Him, to anchor us in Christ. There's no good discernment unless we're anchored in Christ and Christ alone. And so let us pray. From Teresa of Jesus, we hear in her poetry, Let nothing trouble you. Let nothing frighten you. Everything passes. God never changes. Patience obtains all. Whoever has God wants for nothing. God alone is enough. God, our Father, we ask the blessing of your presence which gives us peace. Let us live fully and radically in Christ so that we may discern what is your holy will. We ask your blessing now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Is Jesus Calling You? with Father Paul Hazing. This series is based on Is Jesus Calling You to Be a Catholic Priest? A Helpful Guide, published by the National Conference of Diocesan Vocation Directors. To hear and or download this episode, or to learn more about what you've heard, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of DiscerningHearts.com in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Is Jesus Calling You? with Father Paul Hazen.